Hello, everyone, and thank you for checking out the Tuesday Special Podcast. But before we get into this episode, let's give a little quick shout-out to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Cabarrus Brewing Company. Your beer from here. You can find them online at cabarrusbrewing.com. Great beer, amazing tap room, great people. I suggest if you're in the Concord area, check them out. McGill Avenue in Concord, cabarrusbrewing.com. This episode is also brought to you by Threadforge Apparel. Threadforge Apparel, facebook.com backslash Threadforge. Brad runs such a tight ship over there. It's a great company. Uh, They do great work. You think it, they'll print it on any type of apparel you like. Check them out, facebook.com backslash Threadforge. Now that we got that out of the way, let's listen to this amazing episode. Everything you said, they already knew, more or less. Well, here's something that you didn't know. Two of those special atomic bombs haven't gone off. Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Tuesday Special Podcast. My name is Patrick Price. I'm your host. Uh, If this is your first time finding us or listening to the episodes or the podcast, uh, you're more than welcome to go check out all of our past episodes at TuesdaySpecial.com or on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. We're on all of those platforms and uh, you can find out more information about the show and how how it got started and a little bit about me at uh, primarily Tuesday Special dot com but uh i have jamie senegal on the episode today and this is interesting because jamie put out a message on social media last monday i believe and uh said that uh, that she'd love to do podcast and talk about uh like the the gender fluidity and depression and a number of other things and i saw that immediately message Jamie because I've gotten to know Jamie very well and said, Hey, I have a podcast. I'd love to sit down with you, not only to talk about these things, but just to get to know you a little better because in the wrestling world, you see people and you become like not super good friends with them, but you become acquaintances and and, like your friends, your friends, but you're not super close friends. Like you don't talk every day, but when you see each other, it's, it brings like a light, like a light over you and, uh, brings, like some happiness and uh you just it's just like running into an old friend at, at the mall but it just happens every every month cuz you see people maybe once a month maybe once every two months maybe once every six months and when you see them it's just like seeing an old friend and it's cool but uh I got to sit down with Jamie I don't want to get into what we talk about because I want to save that that's it's I will save that for the for the interview piece of the episode uh so this inter- this intro, intro is going to be short and sweet if you don't know Jamie, uh, look up Jamie Senegal on the internet or uh, on the on Jamie's social media pages. An amazing professional wrestler, an amazing uh, human being, and a very very like in my, in my in my eyes a very brave soul that is an inspiration to many. Whether Jamie knows that or not, I try I try to get Jamie to understand that. I think I kind of got through. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. You tell me. You tell me. Uh, this was one of my f- favorite interviews I've ever done on any platform in any walk of life. Uh, just because it's it's amazing to sit with somebody and be able to ask questions 
and them not get offended or them not take it the wrong way and just have two like two human beings sitting there talking trying to understand and this is what I believe most people should do don't pass judgment don't uh don't classify somebody and uh critique or push them away because of the classification that you've given them or the title or I mean it's just it makes no sense to me I don't I I, I love everybody I want to I I want to share that love with the world I want to share that love uh with everyone that listens to this podcast so hopefully you listen to it and you take something something from it uh but that's enough from me because this is an hour long interview and this was a super fun sit down after pure uh the pure event last Saturday with the one and only Jamie Sandler. How blessed as I can be. All right, we're here at Hebron Hall, and I'm sitting with the lovely Jamie Senegal. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Long night of yeah. wrestling. Yeah. And I thank you for sitting down with me when you have a, what, a 10-hour drive home? Yeah. Hey, dude, but you're a road warrior, right? I am, yeah. I you love like, driving. You, yeah, you're crazy. I'm a psycho. Well, how, do, how, does, how does that happen? Like, how do, you, how do you get the mindset of being a road warrior? I feel like it's a competition thing. Uh, like in my head against you, have, myself. Okay, so when you start, yeah, you're like, I got ten hours, I can do this. Right, like uh, do you stop a nap once in a while if I need to. Yeah. Um, after the after PWX versus Pierre and Fest, mm-hmm. I went to Orlando and then I drove from Orlando straight home without stopping at all. How many, How long is that? Seventeen hours. Oh my god. I was like wide awake the whole time, doing just fine. Yeah, do you have Jared with you? Uh, no, my cousin okay. Caitlin was. Okay, so but you always have somebody that rides with you. Yeah. Okay, I, that'd be devastating doing that by yourself. Yeah, I do mean, you, do you listen to podcasts? Sometimes I like to drive in silence. Do you? Yeah. Do you like think about like just it, get, it allows you to think about things? Yeah, it's a it pretty much is like a open book for my mind. There's cold ones in here. The uh, that's like my sister lives in Alabama, and it's mm-hmm. eight hours. And I love that drive by myself because mm-hmm. if it's eight, if it's under like ten hours, and it's dirt daytime, I'm I'm game. Yeah, but this night driving, I can't do. Yeah, night's it's, terrible. And but I lo- I used to love it because I would either t- think business stuff, think wrestling, or just think personal like yeah. reflection. And I love that. Yeah. But I I remember when we used to do the NEW shows, uh, Northeast Wrestling shows mm-hmm. up in Connecticut. Or yeah. New, higher, uh, like. Northern New York. Yeah. We would drive up there because Jake Manning's an asshole. We would drive up there, like do the show, mm-hmm. then drive back. Like all like nonstop. And that's what you're doing tonight. Yeah. And that drove me absolutely crazy because I can, I can sleep in a car all day mm-hmm. long, but I'm so terrified when other people drive. Same. So I'm you a, have to drive. You're one of those that have to, I have to be behind the wheel the entire yeah. time. I'm a really bad passenger. After uh, I debuted at WSU in like 2016, mm-hmm. I was driving over the Verrazano Bridge and I fell asleep and I flipped my car four times. That's, that was my next question. Have you ever fallen asleep? Yeah. And it didn't like deter you from driving? Um, no, I landed upside down with the top down. And I remember unbuckling myself and falling to the ground and pushing my tag team partner out. Uh-huh. And it didn't... I don't know. I think it's because I fell asleep rather yeah. than me being a bad driver. Yeah. 
but uh, it made me feel more for my tag team partner because he had no idea what was going on. Yeah. So that's why I'm a bad passenger. Gotcha. So you don't want to be in that situation. Yeah. The – see, I don't – is that the only time you've ever wrecked traveling? Um, one time I had somebody hit me from behind well, in Hazleton, but yeah. I was so annoyed. Yeah. That sucks. And I got thrown off of my insurance for that too. Really? Yeah. I was did, they, did they not get blamed? No, they didn't. And here's the thing. There was a fire truck behind me with their lights on. So, and their sirens on the whole nine. So I had to get out of the way. Yeah. And the person next to me was pa- telling me to move and waving me on. And I turned and they drove as soon as I turned and hit me from behind. Oh my God. I was so mad. Literally, I have the tiniest dent in my wheel well, and they dropped me my insurance. What's the, what's the furthest distance that you've ever driven? Probably to Florida and back. 17? Yeah. My parents used to live in San Antonio, and we'd fly down there for Christmas and then mm-hmm. drive back to North Carolina. That's 23 hours straight. Oh. Well. But that's four people. Yeah. Like, so you could switch off. But that's, ugh. Well, I used to travel with Becky Bayless, uh-huh. and uh, we drove to Florida just to see, like, Sue and Rich and hang yeah. out. And uh, she turned a 17-hour car ride into a 35-hour car ride. What? I I drank an energy drink, and it's the last time I ever have. I had, like, heart palpitations, and my whole arm was numb, and I was out in the backseat. What kind of energy drink was it? Uh, Rockstar. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Those ne- are a little potent. Yeah, never, never again. But uh, Becky turned that into a 35-hour car ride. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. So you're you're a professional wrestler. How long have you been a professional wrestler? Four years. Four years. Trained at? I trained at Atomic Championship Wrestling and Rogue Women's Warriors mm-hmm. and CZW slash WSU. Gotcha. Okay. Who, who was the lead trainer? Was it Gulak? No, I was CZW? training with DJ and okay. Preacher. Okay. Gotcha. So how did you fall into professional wrestling? Uh, my aunt has traveled with the WWE for like 30 years. Oh. It was like a normal day for like, I don't know, like Scott Hall to show up at her house. What'd she do? She just like drove the boys around. She was oh, friends really? with oh, all of them. Oh, okay. So she's like one of the people that they would call yeah. to come in town. Yeah. That's she was uh, crazy. So you, so did you hang out with them? No, because I, I, I don't even think I was alive yet. Oh, okay. Because she stopped going after Owen died. Okay. Gotcha. And because uh, uh, her and Owen were best friends. So where, where are you originally from? I'm from Reading, Pennsylvania. Okay. So a big wrestling yeah. town. I had no idea until like this past year. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, like the Northeast is, is weird coming from, like we're from North Carolina mm-hmm. where you have Charlotte, Greensboro. Yeah. Maybe Roanoke, Virginia. Maybe Norfolk, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And Columbia. That's it. That's That's the drive to cities yeah to whereas in pennsylvania you have philadelphia new york uh let me see baltimore where like pittsburgh pittsburgh you have all these places. everything yeah and it's and then were you were you into independent wrestling before you got into wrestling i uh never knew about it until i started like i knew about it but i never knew what it was and i didn't really look into it so did you like what's like the origin story of, did you find it on, did you know it through your aunt? You talked to your aunt about it Mm -hmm. or did you find it on TV? Then you said, you were like, I want to do this. 
Well, I found out about wrestling because my dad used to have this girlfriend named Brooke, or sorry, Tina, and her daughter, Brooke. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be like her so bad. She was like my sister, and she loved wrestling. Mm -hmm. And she showed me like the Hardy Boys, and I never felt like I could relate really because they're so masculine. Yeah. So uh, I went to school, and I was in like third grade, and this kid, Louis Rashuti, had a 2006 uh, WWE program. And it had like Tori Wilson and Ashley in it. And I saw yeah. girls and I was like, whoa. So I told Brooke and then she showed me like Trish versus Lita in the main event of Raw. Gotcha. And I was like. I was at that. Really? Yes. That's it was intense. in Charlotte. I forgot that was here. It was in Charlotte because it's when Lita about tried to kill herself. <laughs> like jumping through Literally. the road. Yeah. And yeah. like laying on her face. And uh, I was at that Raw. That's crazy. That's the, monumental though. Yes. The. um, So kind of backtracking what have you all how do you identify as any like um, male female i mean i know i'm a guy but like jamie is whatever anybody wants to call yeah. now do you have you always like is it what did it transition into like your lifestyle or did you have you always felt does that make sense yeah i've i've always had like a weird separation until the last few years when it came mm -hmm. between wrestling and here where in wrestling i felt like i had to be like uber masculine and i would like yeah. not wear makeup or anything and mm -hmm. then in real life i was always wearing makeup and stuff gotcha and now it's like vice versa like i'm not like uber masculine in real life but i'm not like as feminine as i am when i wrestle yeah the like this is so fat it's fascinating to me mm -hmm. which is which like we were talking about before we got on here which is weird because the stere so so many stereotypes float around in the world today, and yeah. they say, "Oh, you're a white male from North Carolina that has a country accent. You like you probably hate gay people or hate mm. people in the LGBTQ, which is so far from the truth. Literally, and I love like people's stories. Mm -hmm. I love like the like I said earlier, the origin stories of how you come. I love learning how people have have a feeling like it. Fa it I don't want to say fascinates. Fascinates not the right word." It interests me so much to underst have the understand the mindset of someone who feels who's born like a man, but has feels yeah. very feminine or feels like a woman, and how you kind of cope with that. Yeah, like throughout life, because it can't be easy. Right. No. It, it it's it's it can argue a lot in my head. Yeah. It's it's this is a bad a bad like a bad comparison. But I remember my friends that had divorced parents, mm -hmm. and they were they were like, and they would talk about it, and I and I tell them I can't, I, I can't relate. My parents are still mm -hmm. together. I can't. Yeah. I'd love to, and I'll listen to you, and I will mm -hmm. give you my opinion on stuff. But I can't relate, and that's that's the way I kind of feel with that. But yeah. it's, I don't. So many people are so narrow minded that they just turn away from it because they can't understand it. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because a lot of people not to get into religion and like LGBTQ. But like religion is the is just is the exact same. Yeah. Like people people will turn it away because they don't understand the concept mm -hmm. of religion. Yeah. And then they fuss at those people, but they're being hypocrites because they're the same thing. They're doing the same exact thing to yeah. this community. Is they look at them and they say, "I I don't understand the concept of what of how you live your life and why you want to do this." So I'm going to shun you away. Yeah. And it's like I that's that's what I want to kind of get into is. We won't we won't spend the entire episode on it, but like you're, if if you're comfortable talking about no, it, yeah. like your transition from like were you like were you treated? I don't want to say treated. Were you did you identify as like a, a male like don't wear makeup anything until a certain age? Yeah, and kind of um, and kind of it kind of transitioned from there. I like I assume like I know the 
there's a big debate about if you're born this way or if mm-hmm. it's a mindset that you come into or if it's a chemical imbalance or something. What, who gives a shit? Live your life. Make it, like be happy. Yeah. Like be you. That's, right. That's the most important thing. And like, I, like I want to figure out like when did, when did it transition? Because I'm sure knowing stories and, and having friends that are part of the community or friends that identify as one thing or the other. It, I understand there's like a transition period of it's it's eating at you, eating at you, eating at you until mm-hmm. you finally kind of uh, like just open the open the gates and go. Yeah, and you're there, and then it, you it's from my experiences and my in talking with uh, like people, it's like it's almost like a weight lifted. Yeah, and then you then you're allowed to be you. Yeah, it's like it's like you're wearing a disguise, but it's a disguise that you were born in. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, I feel like for the most part, my whole life, I was pretty boyish. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, um, I always had this like weird obsession with women's wrestling. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just like thought about it all the time. Like I just like for life of me couldn't like relate to the dudes and be into them mm-hmm. until I started wrestling. Yeah. And, um, I liked when I was little, I played with Barbies, but I also like, I had like the most vast collection of toys from like Barbies to like sharks to like transformers. I had everything. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I don't know, like I never really felt feminine, mm-hmm. but then something in like the last three or four years just happened. No, a little more than that. Cause when I was in 10th grade, I started wearing like hair extensions and stuff, but, um, I don't know. It's like really off and on with me. Like some days I wake up and I really feel feminine and I want to wear makeup and stuff. And then other days I'm just down to like wear my beard and hang out. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool that you can like go in and like not go in and out, but you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's like freedom. Yeah. Yeah. The, I'm so jealous because this, like, this is what I think about when I see, like when, when people talk about, like uh, transvestites or people or uh, cross dressers, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I'm so jealous in a sense of like, if I want long hair, I have to just grow it for yeah. like a year and then it might suck. Yeah. To whereas I wish I could just get extensions and yeah. just put it in there and just see, okay, okay, this is going to look good. So I'll, I'll commit to it for a mm-hmm. year. But, uh, so the, when you, so you were in this like, like fluidity of mm-hmm. gender, when you got into wrestling. Yes. Did, did in with complete transparency, did it like affect your wrestling like or how you were trained or did it hurt or alter in any way? I never felt like anybody in the beginning, like looked at me differently mm-hmm. and they, cause everyone knew I just loved wrestling so much. Yeah. And, uh, I noticed, uh, at first it really started to bother me. Like, I was like really like light on my feet and like very like my wrists were always loose and stuff and mm-hmm. I just thought I had to live up to this like masculine moniker. You know about like the loose handshakes and stuff? No, but like when or... I'm wrestling, like always doing like Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, moving mm-hmm. my hands around and like flicking my wrist and stuff. You you were going to your comfort movements. Right. That like make the... you yeah. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't think it would just be a natural thing. And I would get so annoyed because I had like short brown hair. I yeah. still had a belly ring, but like it was like a hoop it, with a yeah. ball. It was a captive hoop. I didn't wear a shirt. I wore like long tights. Yeah. And uh, I remember I went to CZW and at that point I was wearing makeup outside of wrestling. Okay. And then a little bit I started like putting on just face makeup. Mm-hmm. 
excuse me, but very, very light face makeup and uh, still looking kind of natural. I was getting more comfortable, but I think people were so weirded out by it. Yeah. Just because it was such a random... It's different. Yeah. It was so random and people weren't used to it at that time because really around that time, the only people doing that were Eddie and Rick. Yeah. Um, because Sonny really wasn't out there yet mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing it yet. And uh, I went to CZW where I was doing it and then they paired me with Rick and Eddie and they slowly like I was really thrown off by it. Like I wasn't down for eyeshadow or any of that. Yeah. And they started making me do it. I wasn't down for fake lashes. I still really don't wear them, but... Uh, I'm not against wearing them. I just hate that they fall off every match. Yeah. But uh, they slowly got me into it. And then it, I started getting good reactions from mm-hmm. it. And I was like, it feels me. Like, it, it feels yeah. like it's who I am. The Does it feel like in – does the makeup and the – well, I assume with you, with the success that you're that you're gaining in professional wrestling that you finally found your character. Like a character that's an extension of you. Yes. So I feel like like when you explained it to me in my, for lack of a better term, my experience in like producing wrestling, it's like you were trying to be something that you're not. Literally. Which is what we all do. Yeah. But it's, uh, then, so what was it all, has it always been Jamie Senegal? Yeah. I've always been Jamie Senegal. Is that your like real name? No, or? my name's okay. Bryce, Bryce okay. Boyer. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I always felt like I wasn't me. Like something just always fell off. Yeah. Uh, my movements were so light and feminine Mm -hmm. and, uh, I was, I looked like a guy and I just thought that was so weird. Um, then when I started finding my character more, I got comfortable with it. But now once in a while, very once in a while, just to keep it special, I do like to pull out the boy side of Jamie where I'll just go and wrestle like with my trunks on and no, cause my trunks are like, they're kind of androgynous. Yeah. They can pass yeah. for yeah. boys. So like no fishnets, no makeup, mm-hmm. a beard. I'm like down to do that too. Yeah. And you just decide whenever it does it, yeah. does it matter like the situation or the story going into the match? Um, not necessarily, but like, it's just, it's one of those weird things, like my fluid, fluidity of yeah. my gender, it just comes with the day. Gotcha. So yeah. you just wake up and decide what yeah. you want to do that day. I think. That sounds so freeing. I know, I know to some people they're going to be like, that's so weird. But to yeah. me, that sounds so freeing. It's, it's really weird. Cause like my, I feel like my character is so relatable because mm-hmm. of, I can be a boy. I can be a girl. Uh, when I get really intense and I'm in big matchups, the more manic yeah. side of me comes out where I'm a little more crazy. That's, see, that's that's what caught me when I first saw you because I feel like I feel like somebody had said something, and I think Brian is the one that kind of got in touch with you. And Brian's was like, "We're mm. gonna bring Jamie down," and it might actually it was Fest. Yeah, it was Tony. It was Tony that mm. was like, "Jamie's really good. You you might want to use her." And I was like, "Yeah, that's okay. That's fine." Well, and then I think in that match. Because it was a six-man, right? Yep. In that match, it was the somebody kicked you in the face, and you were just like, kind of like, I'm getting pissed off. Mm-hmm. And then you just start throwing the throwing the strikes, and yep. I was like, I can do something with that. That's That that can re- is relatable, A. And B, it, in, in the rela- relatability of it, everyone has been in that moment when the kid in school – like pushes your chair yeah. and you're finally like, you know what? Just screw it. I'm going to beat the shit out of this. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm going to start throwing. 
And, yeah. and I feel like that's as violent as that might be. I feel like <laughs> I feel I feel like that that is super relatable to a yeah. lot of people. And the with obviously the last couple of years like gender neutrality and other pieces of the puzzle there have become more uh open to public yeah to public and it's in it, like i don't watch the news because the news they make what they want i believe in my opinion but uh like you can see it around like i said we're in this i'm in the south all the time yeah and, and I know, like when I go when I go to New Orleans, it's different. When I go mm-hmm. to like Los Angeles, it's different. When I go to New York, it's different. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, it's, it's gotten more open. Yeah, no, and it really has more acceptable, for lack of a better term. And has have you felt that like in wrestling? Yeah, no, I never. There, I've only had like I can't even count on my hand. Uh, it doesn't even take up a whole entire hand how many times I've actually had an experience where it's like homophobic or someone has felt awkward around me. I try not to make it awkward. Like, yeah. I know that like someone can look at me and question cause it's questionable cause yeah. we're still progressing. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's definitely getting a lot more open. It's crazy. Cause I actually Colby Carino and I went to New York city cause mm-hmm. I had a audition for the real world. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, when we went there, I was all dolled up and stuff getting yeah. for my audition and I was walking down the streets and nobody was even turning heads. No one even cared. That's so crazy. I hated it. You did. I hated it. The, uh, <laughs> so I want to, I want to, can I, can you talk about the real world audition? Uh, yeah, nothing came they of it because say, okay. they're shady. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. They still do real world. Yeah. The, uh, so te- walk me through, because I've always wondered what a real-world audition is like. So I didn't even get to do mine. Oh. I drove all the way up there. I was like an hour and a half early, mm-hmm. and I was in line getting ready to check in and stuff, and a representative came down and said they were closed. I had an appointment. I It wasn't like I just showed up, because apparently they were taking walk-ins. Yeah. I, uh, I had an appointment. The casting director texted me in the morning to make sure I was going to be there. Yeah. Nothing. Did you send in a tape? Um. Yeah, I actually sent in my wrestling videos. Gotcha. Um, I sent in my wrestling videos and a couple of the photo shoots I do. Mm-hmm. And from my understanding, those auditions are like group auditions. Gotcha. Because my friend St. Sinclair, who wrestles in Cali, he mm-hmm. actually got to do it. Okay. And he told me that they literally asked like two questions. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like, have you ever been on a group interview for a job? Yeah. Oh, they suck. Yeah, they're so the worst. Bad. I went on an American Eagle one when I was like in high school mm-hmm. and I hate like the worst, the worst interview I've ever been a part of. Yeah. I walked out actually. Oh my gosh. Because like every time I try to talk, this other dude would start talking and I'd just be like, I'm done with this. Yeah. No, thank you. It was a uh, Chuck E. Cheese. I had a group interview. Chuck E. Cheese. I was, I was Chuck Like we're just going to jump all over the map and then, and then we're gonna, I want to talk about like, we'll get into like, you, I know you were openly talking about, you wanted to talk about like depression mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I, and We'll get into that here shortly, but what's the weirdest job you've ever had? Uh, I don't think it's weird, but like for me, like when people look at a picture of me, they're going to think it's weird. I used to power wash construction equipment and repaint it. That's awesome. It was, I was really fun. I just got headphones all day and ignored everyone and did my own thing. See, mine is similar, similar, but not. My first job ever was at a place called McKenzie Taxidermy, mm-hmm. and it was like taxidermist. Yeah, and in like when they do deer heads and bear heads and stuff like that, 
they uh it's two pieces of foam that they mm-hmm. push together with glue in the middle yeah and then you have to get like a razor blade and strip the extra glue off of it yeah that was my first job of putting in headphones <laughs> and for six hours a day it's just cutting best. just cutting off and it was it was fun but i had it was like i was i was a junior in high school so i'd go to school all day mm-hmm. get out of school at, at two forty five, have to be there at 3 30 and work from 3 30 to 9 yeah every every day i hated i hated Ugh. it um, I was fortunate enough to have that, uh, in 2017, I had that job, but my mom was the boss too. Oh, nice. so it was even better. Well, that's good and bad. Did you, I never did you... had any bad oh, experience. Okay. It actually, my mom and I had a lot of issues in my adolescence where I've never even seen her. Uh-huh. Um, and dad actually brought us closer together. Oh, that's awesome. So we're not, we're not like necessarily close now, but like that had us closer for a yeah. while. So I'm grateful for that. The, so did you, your parents were divorced. They were never married. They were never married. Okay. Gotcha. The, so like we, you openly talked about, you want to talk about like depression Yeah. and you've been through depression and is it continuous battle or? Oh yeah. Um, I feel like depression, like I feel like you can fight it off, but I feel like it never really leaves. Yeah. Uh, it just comes and goes and, uh, I also, I have depression. I have the really manic end of bipolar Yeah. where in like an hour, my mood can change three different times extremely. Really? And, um, I also have ADHD and Asperger's syndrome. I mean, I have on ADHD. <laughs> I'm with you on ADHD. That's why we're all over the place on this podcast. It's, it's <laughs> terrible. ADHD. Becky Bayless has it so bad. Every time she used to come to my house, she used to write lists and tape them to like my TV stand so she could see it. I went. Uh, a funny story. I went, I, I got diagnosed with ADHD three years ago mm-hmm. and uh, probably a little over three years ago. And I went to the doctor that my, my mom worked for a doctor forever and I still go see her. And I was like, and I go see her. She's a, she's an amazing woman, but she's also, I can call and be like, listen, I need to see the doctor. She's like, just come in right after lunch. We'll get you in. And it's the easiest thing. So whenever she retires or leaves, I'm, I'm so screwed because I've had it so easy for so long. So I go to her and I'm like, I think I have ADHD, and she's like, what? and she said, why? I said, because I start all these things, I can't finish them. Like, I start all these projects and companies and stuff, I can't, and then I have too much on my plate. It's a continuous thing that's been going on for like four or five years. Uh, but primarily because somebody that worked for me at the hospital gave me an Adderall, <laughs> like two or three Adderall, and I took them for two or three days, and it was night and day of like mm. getting stuff done and, yeah. and like just being on point with everything. And, uh, she said, okay, well, we're going to do a test. So I have to do the writing test to even sure you've had to do all that. Yeah. And, uh, then she was talking to me after the writing test and she said, uh, and I told her, I said, well, I remember they wanted to put me on Ritalin when I was little, mm-hmm. my mom wouldn't let them. But I remember in third grade, I got duct taped to my desk twice. You want some water? Yeah. Yes, please. The, uh, I got duct taped to my desk twice and she goes, <laughs> why'd you get duct taped to your desk twice? I said, cause I got out the first time. <laughs> and and she goes, okay. Well, you don't have to take the psych test. And I said, why? And she goes, because you, if you trace it back to your childhood, like you don't have to do this the adult psych test. So then I took like I took Adderall for uh, I think two years, and then I became kind of I felt like I was getting like I rely I had to rely on it to yeah. do to like be good at anything yeah so that's when i started taking the alpha brain and the alpha brain from on it kind of mm-hmm. winged me off of that or all and now i don't take anything except for i take those when i do podcasts but back to this is not about me this is about you the like when did depression start 
Um, I think I pretty much had it my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, my family isn't the most positive people. Yeah. And, uh, it always like really like my mom just used to look at herself in the mirror and degrade herself. Mm-hmm. And I was little and I was right there. Yeah. So it just all started there. And my dad was just really miserable and he wasn't like, he wasn't in a good, uh, he like wasn't doing good for himself. He was mm-hmm. not doing good. And, uh, I used to be left with like my grandmother and stuff. And like, for some reason, like a lot of my family just hated me. I never knew why they still like, I still try to find out cause they're still not necessarily nice to me, but like, uh, it, it like if I was with all my cousins, mm-hmm. uh, and my cousins always wanted to switch up and they still do once in a while, but like, whatever. Um, if all my cousins would like jump on me and beat on me and yeah. I would punch one back, I would be the one in trouble. Yeah. It was always like that for like me. You're all, you're always the instigator of the issue. I would no, I was, I was always or, yeah, like in there in, in mm-hmm. the adult supervision eyes. You're always the instigator. Yeah. It's, it's still like that now. It's ridiculous. Um, everything I do is wrong. Like, when my cousin Caitlin and I came down here and then to fest, mm-hmm. um, they were like trying to tell me how to do the road trip and stuff and saying I'm wrong. And I'm like, uh, I do this like, like one of the, every yeah. single like, yeah, week. Like I'm a pro at this. Yeah. Like I was a pro at this two years ago. Literally. <laughs> like I, I get paid to do this. Yeah. Like who are you telling? Yeah. They're I, like, we should, you should move Friday crazy. morning, leave Friday morning. I'm like, why? My show's Saturday night. Yeah. Like, I don't need to like, stay. I don't need to spend money on a hotel room literally, on Friday night. Especially when she has her dog with. Like, yeah. No, no. The, uh, so when, have you, like, have you, have you been, like, treated and diagnosed or self-diagnosed? Um, I've been diagnosed. Uh, I have really, really bad anxiety. Yeah. Out the roof. Um, I've been on, since seventh grade is when this all started really mm-hmm. happening for me. Excuse me. And, uh. I've been on medicine after medicine after medicine. Yeah. I don't take anything anymore because none of it works. It's all like just a band-aid over a gash. Every single one just had like a terrible side effect on me. Like that's the that's the biggest issue. I would get like bone skinny from not eating, or I would get angry and lash out on everyone. Yeah, and uh, I just I couldn't do it, or I would just become more depressed. The I I've never had anxiety until after I had my son. Like after my wife or my girlfriend had my son, yeah, and that's like this insane to me, like how people live with that, yeah. Because I remember, and I don't like this is why I like talking to people about this is because I, then I try to like figure out what's like try to deep like dig deep to find out what the cause of it is, yeah. And I think what I came up with in my like self diagnosing was I've all, I'm a control freak. Mm-hmm. And you you probably see that when you see me produce shows. I'm a control freak. I have to be in control of everything. Yeah. Because if something goes wrong, I freak out. And I feel like I took it away from how good it could have been by giving someone some kind of responsibility that yeah. I can't trust that can do it when they're fully capable of doing it. Yeah. But I feel like I'm, I have no control over anything anymore because I have a son. Right. It's like it, it doesn't revolve. The world doesn't revolve around it sounds selfish, but it's not in a selfish manner of the world yeah. doesn't revolve around me. Like, if I have something to do, I can't guarantee that I can go home tonight and then wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning and finish what I need to do. Yeah. Because I might go home and he'll wake up at 5 and I have to be up with him and then my whole day shot because he won't go to take a nap or I have to take care of him. Yeah. 
And I think that's where a lot of the anxiety comes from. Yeah. Do you have like do you have any like certain point or do you have you ever like do, like dove into where the anxiety like yeah. what where it resonates from? Um a major 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 uh point of my anxiety is health mm-hmm. issues. Um I used to I really wanted to be certified in CPR and mm-hmm. first aid and all that. So I did it. And I took the class in high school, and I I was just watching the videos, and I never knew so much could go wrong with someone's body. Ah, yeah. And uh, just watching all of that was terrible. And then, like, I was anxious about it, but it wasn't bad. And then that Thanksgiving, my friend's mom fell on me and had a seizure. Ah. And I didn't know what to do. It all left my head. Yeah. And then a week later, my friend in high school had a stroke. Oh. Yeah. High school? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she ended up being actually perfectly fine. Yeah, and being like literally coming to school. Still a stroke. That's a and big, uh, that young yeah. of age is a scary, scary thing. Yeah, it's a big deal. So, uh, so health, which is so crazy because I wrestle, so I have the dings yeah. and like I just right there, my hand just did the jolt yeah. and I get anxious and then I smile just to make sure I'm not having a stroke. Because <laughs> she, because my friend yeah. told me if you can smile, you're not having one. Oh yeah, so. I work in ER. Do you know that? Yeah. Oh, like, I, I worked in, work in ER for 15 years, oh. so I know all the signs, symptoms. I can, oh. I can't, I can, I can't like officially diagnose people, mm-hmm. but I've done it for so long. Then seeing people when they come in the door, front door, yeah. that I can just be like, okay, you're having a stroke, you're having like possibly having a heart attack, yeah, like you're having a kidney stone, you're having uh, a yeah. mini stroke, you're having like. Uh, uh, AFib, where your heart gets out of rhythm and starts yeah. being fast, just different stuff like that. The uh, the like how how was the bi- was the bipolar diagnosed? Like, um, or is that kind of like something that you've seen a trend in? In it's definitely like I started picking up on it in uh, middle school and my teachers told me that they think I was bipolar cause mm-hmm. my mood swings were so bad. Yeah. Was it like just night and day, just like in a split second. Yeah. Gotcha. Like that's how it is. And, um, is anything to the extreme? Is it, would you be like, like not just to the extreme of getting mad and yelling and, and having a hissy fit and this and that, but to also to the extreme where you're like super nice about stuff. Yeah. No. Um, it's really weird. Cause like after the, uh, Pure versus PWX and Fest Weekend, mm-hmm. I was so happy and in such a good mood when I got home from Florida. And then literally five minutes later, I was literally crying because I felt like I had nothing to like look forward to after that weekend. Yeah. And then I was back to, then I was mad because I was like, well, well, I need to get more bookings. I did that to myself. That's, yeah. And then I was back to happy again, all in That's like 15 it. minutes. Do you ever, I'm trying to get a word this, like, do you, have you ever used like rationality to break down how to fix things in your brain? Like in your brain, does that make sense? How I'm wording I that? I think so. To where, like, you, like for instance, when I whenever I used to wrestle, mm-hmm. I used to have that mindset of like, I need more bookings. Yeah. Like, how can I? It's um, like I would break it down, which I was a lot younger. How old are you? you I'm 21. Okay, so you still got a lot of growing to do. Yeah. No offense. No, I do. But uh, you have. Like you have to ration now or ration the okay. So if I need more bookings, instead of thinking about it and freaking out about it in this one instance, mm-hmm. like set a goal of like yeah. I want these bookings for this amount of this yeah. amount of time, and that kind of in in a sense it sounds like 
me being a 35 year old mm-hmm. telling a 21 year old like this is how you need to live your life or this is this is how you organize your life that's not what i'm saying it's like that helps your brain yeah that keeps your brain from going into those into those moments of uh if you have like if you if you're in school and you have an assignment and you wait till two days before the assignment and you're like oh my god all right i gotta write a 23 page paper before that it's because you just you didn't organize everything right yeah and it's 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 a sense of you have to, you break it down as opposed to just freaking out and yeah. and like looking at the whole picture like diving deeper into the the scenario and trying to figure out where the seeds have been planted does yeah. that make sense no yeah um i know i think what my problem is like i i focus so much on the future that like I'll get really excited for bookings and I'll just be thinking about those bookings. Yeah, and then, and then uh, like time come. passes and then yeah. time. Yeah, okay. Because man, I never realized how fast life was until I really, really started getting into wrestling. Because yes. high school went by and because I got out of wrestling for a little bit because of depression, mm-hmm. and then I found it again. And I was and when I found it again, I was like, I can do this. Like mm-hmm. it was just a snap in my mind that it was like I can do this. It's some people. Some people have a hard time understanding this, but when you're when you have that switch in your brain that clicks that transitions from I want to do this to I can do this, yeah, it's it's one of the most amazing feelings on the face of the earth. No, it is, and uh, I got I used to get really mad because I knew I could, mm-hmm. and because uh, um, I was I was athletic, I was a diver, I was a cheerleader, and I I just I loved it my whole life, so I knew you're I a cheerleader could. in high school, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cheering. I was a cheerleader in high school. Cheering's fun. I was the only boy. Um, I could do a front handspring. Have you ever seen anybody do a front handspring? I can do one. Oh, I you was, suck. I was the I, only one that I knew until now. I was the I was the only uh, tumbler on the team at all. So really, all my tumbler I girls left. So I used to be doing like six back handsprings down the field, and everyone was like, "Whoa!" Like I was so, I was like a goth kid, but like one of the most popular kids in school. It was so weird. That's awesome. I was. The, I was, I don't, I don't even know how you distinguish what I was in high school. I just hung out with everybody. Yeah. Like if you, that's if you ask, how I was. If you ask anybody that went to high school with me, like, do you know Patrick? And they're like, yes. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, they, yeah I know exactly him from how it this. was for me. I, uh, but me and my friends, like me and my friends got together and would film comedy stuff, like comedy mm-hmm. skits, like SNL yeah. stuff. Yeah. And that's how a lot of people knew us is we'd make tapes. Mm-hmm. That's how I started video editing. Um, I went to a school. My class was probably like 200 people, really small school. Really, and uh, it was a it was a pretty like it was like all pretty country guys. Like, mm-hmm. so I was like everyone was wearing like the girls were wearing like Vera Bradley and yeah. all looked the same and Keds mm-hmm. and the boys, the boys were like the country boys that were like t-shirts and like cargo pants and yeah. like, the very new generation yeah. and. Yeah. Uh, and then I come in with my big four buckle boots and my fishnets on my arms because I always dressed this yeah. way my whole life. Yeah. And uh, I thought I would like everyone would be like disgusted and repelled, but like uh, no, everyone like I think it was my confidence because everyone yeah. was the same person, and I just I'm in the hallway. I would just smile and well, say you, hi. You, to have a, you have an energy about you. I I want to have a really good one because yeah. there's not. Any I feel good like energy. I feel like you do. I try. Um, I mean, we've had we we know each other, but we've had limited yeah like time around each other. And every time mm-hmm. every time you walk in the door at a show, you have that positive energy about you. Yeah, which is crazy because like 
this is the only place, even even places like Fest, when I walk in with like no makeup on, which I do it here all the time, mm-hmm. I'm so not social and I just like run up to the bathroom and don't say hi to anyone. And then when I have my face on, it's like I'm a whole different person. Yeah. But here I'm just like, hey. Yeah. So weird. It is weird. It's really like, like I get so anxious when I don't have my face on. And here I'm just like, hey. Yeah, it's like everybody's just here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably because all of us like look tired and beat down, and <laughs> yeah, you probably feel sorry for us because no. we look because <laughs> we're always. That's me. I always, always look tired and beat down. Same. I'm. I always. It's so weird because like during the whole week, I'm not really tired, mm-hmm. and then when I on a wrestling day, I'm like exhausted, and then my match happens, and I'm energetic, and then as soon as it's over, I'm exhausted. Yeah, that's that's like that's the anticipation and adrenaline mm. it's more adrenaline just yeah. keeping you rolling the uh so going back to the depression what because i f- i feel like that i have pieces of depression i don't have i've never had bad depression right but i've had like i, I don't know how to define depression yeah and i don't know and I don't, I don't know if anybody can define depression what it is and it's a matter of you have to – I mean, I remember I used to get really down about things when I, I – I've always transitioned from when I get really down about things, I look at people that have it way worse than I do. Yeah. Like like I could I, – I applied for a job, I didn't get it, or I had a promotion that I didn't get, or uh, I put in for a job at a wrestling company and I didn't get, or yeah. I have a lead at like WWE and I never hear anything, and you're just like, why do I do this? Yeah. Like, why is it worth it, blah, 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 blah. And then you sit back and you think, like, there's so many, like, like, that's what I I used to tell people before Pure shows, uh, that everybody that comes to the show wishes they could be where you are. Yeah. No matter how many times you wrestle a month, no matter how long you've been doing it, Mm -hmm. no matter what your experiences have been, everyone everyone that buys a ticket to this show would give up everything to be able to do what you're doing. Yeah. And that's, like, kind of how I break it down in my head of, like, I need to take a step back and understand the situation and understand how privileged like we are to be able to be in a business like this. It's true. And make money and have the experiences because I never, another thing is like you got, you have to appreciate the experiences you have. Right. Because in wrestling, I don't know, I don't know how it is like in other sports. I assume in sports and entertainment, you're on the go so much that you overlook a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like it's like make it to the next town, make it to the mm-hmm. next show, make it to make it back, make it here, make it back home, make it, you know, you keep yeah. going and you stop and you don't stop and appreciate like, I need to take in this moment yeah. and, and understand it and enjoy it and understand like the energy that I'm getting from it. Yeah. But it's, uh, I don't like, how do you cope with it? Um, wrestling is my biggest cope. Like yeah. if I can't wrestle, I'm watching it. Like I really, I never stop thinking or watching wrestling. That's also a huge anxiety cope for me too. Mm-hmm. Is watching my favorite matches, but um, I really like to like. I love to go on runs and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, I have. I wish I did. I have a Bowflex in my garage. I like to hit that. Um, nice. Uh, I'm really into gymnastics. Um, music, music is a very big one for me, and. uh I'm also, it's probably not the best one, but I'm really down for sleeping too. Yeah. I can just sleep. <laughs> I can just sleep at all. The, are you, like, can you feel music? Yes. 
Yes. Like, I, I feel like there's different different types of people that, that take in music. Oh, but yeah. No, there I, is. I went through a spell where my buddy got me into produ- producing music. Mm-hmm. And when I started producing music, I started paying more attention to the, like lyrics and, yeah. and like compositions and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like I'm so enthralled. Like I'll hear a song and like feel like I'm going to cry because of the yeah. co- like the context of the song. Yeah. One one song that everybody when I tell everybody is everybody's like like I don't know what is it's the Eminem song with Nate Russ, Russ, whatever his name is mm-hmm. called Headlights. And the whole concept of the song is about how he bashed his mom mm-hmm. for so long in his career and in life. And then he realized that he never put the blame on his dad. And like, where was his dad and yeah. all this? And now he's he's having like a self realization yeah. that he like he never questioned this. And now, what if it wasn't all his mom's fault? What if his dad had a lot to do with? Because yeah. he he walked away from him and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And now he's saying, "Listen, I'm sorry, mom. You haven't seen your you haven't seen your grandkids. You haven't seen this that." And it's just like, dude, that's deep. Yeah, and and people look at it and they're like, "Oh, it's uh, it's Eminem with that guy from Fun. Oh, it's got a cool beat to it." And it's just like, dude. Yeah. dude. And and then and then to take a step back, like, we're artists. We're artists. Yeah. In wrestling. Yep. It's you take a step back and you're like, man, this guy had enough like courage to put that on paper. Yeah. And record it for the world to hear. It's yeah. insane. It's deep. Um, I actually got. I was in a big argument with my dad. This is pretty personal, but I was in a big argument with him because I just never felt like we could relate or get along. Yeah. And uh, I music's so important to me. And I listen to a lot of like uh, pop punk music and mm-hmm. uh, indie music because it just, I feel it. Yeah. And uh, I it played talks this. Talks to you. Yeah. And I played this song. I can't remember what it was because my memory shot. Thank you, wrestling. Um, this was only a couple weeks ago, too. It only gets worse. Yeah. You're only 21. It only gets worse. Yeah. Um, I just remember, like, begging my dad just to come into the living room and just mm-hmm. close his eyes and breathe in and just feel. I just kept saying, feel it. Just yeah, feel it. And just, he was like, I don't want to feel it. It's just noise to me. Yeah. And it's like. That's so, I hate, I, I wish people. And like, I don't know. And it's, I don't know if it's like an artistic mind. Mm. Or if you if it's like not spiritual in a religious way, I feel like, like it's if almost like empath, almost. Yeah. Okay. Empathy. Yeah. And it's you can, and I don't know if it's your brain uh, allowed to relate to what they're talking about in the song, mm-hmm. or if you can pinpoint, or if you can just like dive in and feel what the person who's writing the lyrics, and you understand, yeah. you understand the. Uh, like the process yeah. of what it takes to create this. Right. Well, I, I love every genre of music because of the process. Yeah. But uh, I always feel like, and it's so weird because like the emotion, the lyrics can get me, but mm-hmm. like the actual music yes. it hits me hard. Yes. All it takes is like a single uh, rift of a guitar and I'm, yeah. it has me. And it had like, this is not, this is not from an emotional standpoint, but the guitar solo in uh, War Pigs, yeah, is one of the great. The yeah, I can literally. I'm getting goosebumps. Oh, that's the best. And there's uh, there's I'm I'm a big Coldplay fan. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't care what people say. That's one of the best concerts I've ever seen in my life. As long as it's there's not a Cole, Nickelback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, there's a Coldplay song. I think it's called Fix You mm-hmm. that has the dopest like drop mm-hmm. in the history of music. Yeah. And it's just like, and I, and I hear these things and then I think I'll sit back and I'll think, well, I've done, I've produced music, not on a professional level by yeah. any means, but I was decent at it and I'm decent at mixing music and everything. So maybe that's why I understand it. And then, uh, then I think about it and I'm like, well, no, maybe like, like maybe I'm spiritually just connected to my body to where yeah. I can take it in, take in the endorphins or whatever. That's, that's what I from, think. That's how I always got it. That's why that's like when I ask people like, are you spiritual? I think that, that, that word means so much more than it used to. I think, I think people tend to mix spiritual and religious up a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I think that's two entirely different things. Well, we'll, we'll talk about, I mean, we're not going to get into a debate about it, Yeah. but what's your, what's your take on religion? Um, I like, I want to know your take because once again, you're part of a community that's somewhat yeah. shunned mm-hmm. from like religious organizations. Well, I, uh, I've never felt like I couldn't be a part of any religion or anything, yeah. but I also don't feel like I'm educated enough to be able to take the guess, but I do like to read up. I was never really interested mm-hmm. until, uh, I was taking anthropology in mm-hmm. high school and we started learning about like Buddhism and stuff, and like yeah. it just made me want to learn about all of them, just because I think it's interesting. Yeah. But uh, I'm not opposed to it. I actually I send out a lot of emails to people because I feel like I'm on a never-ending uh, search for enlightenment. Yeah. I'm not sure which way is my way, but like I'll find it eventually. But I'm open to anything. The I like the reason I ask is because. I went through this stage where I was I was thinking about becoming a preacher. Mm. So it was like right right at the end of high school, going into college, and like I dove into like the Quran, the Quran, and like all these different. I went to different like the denominations of churches and yeah. tried to distinguish. And what I came up with is so weird because I was going that and I didn't. But now I feel like that, like it's all based on one thing, and that's faith. Yeah. Like if you have faith in anything. Yeah. So I f- like my methodology without digging too deep into it is like every religion, like religion is man-made. Yeah. So religion is faith that is, is a man-made product that is built is a man-made product built on faith. Yeah. But if there is a heaven or hell, mm-hmm. if there is uh like an afterlife, I think you are judged not not if you're a Christian or if you're a Buddhist or if you're a Scientologist. That doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's based on how much how much faith you have in yeah. what you believe. Yeah, because that's the that's the consistent variable in everything in all of yeah. it. So I've for the probably the past five years I've been on like the path of like understanding, like I said, my, like the spiritual spirituality yeah. or being like one with like, how can you experience life to the full, to the max? Yeah. And that's like, that's, so that's where when people talk about, I think like, like, especially when you, like when you talk about the LGBTQ community, yeah, the, like you're, you're distinguishing, a, like, first off you're distinguishing a community. Yeah. Which like which uh, it labels yes. people as opposed to they're just 
people. people. Yeah, they they just they're people that live in our world. Yeah, live in live in your world, live in my world, live in their world. Yeah, it's our it's our world. Yep. And there's no, I mean, there's laws. Not, I mean, not not getting into breaking laws and stuff, but there's no laws on how you can how you want to live your life. Yep. Or how you want to dress, how you want to like all the, all of those are man made stereotypes. Yeah. That have come down through history. Yeah. And have, as we've seen from 1940s to 2019s, changed drastically. Yeah. And the mindset, some good, some bad. Yeah. But I think that that everything, like from a religious standpoint, or from a spiritual standpoint, everything gets lost in the man-made shuffle. Yeah, I agree. As opposed to just just throwing all that away and looking at it for like a faith-based yeah, like lifestyle. It's true. Uh, I was never really like too interested. I started watching, this is going to sound goofy, but I started watching Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. And I never realized, because like, that was always a kid show to me, mm-hmm. but I, I never realized how truly deep it is. Like it's about yeah. war, it's about spirituality, mm-hmm. religion. And uh, I started watching it and it just really had me intrigued just because Aang was on that search to enlighten him like there's an episode where he has to uh open all of his chakras and like just find the enlightenment within himself yeah and that just really had me on this uh look like thinking like when am i gonna because i have there are a lot of people in my life that have enlightenment yeah and i was like when is that ever gonna happen for me so um i started looking around and i kind of started leaning a little more to towards like uh being a uh, Wicca, practicing mm-hmm. Wicca. So yeah. I started emailing like local covens and witches. And mm-hmm. um, I sent this one, it was a really deep email. I was just asking for help on what I need to do and wh- how, how to find where I want to go. And mm-hmm. uh, I just told her like, I feel like there's this light inside of me yeah. and I don't know what it is. It could be good. It could be bad. It's just like, it. I need help figuring it out. And yeah. she, she answered back one time and never answered again. And I was really, this was only a couple months ago. I was really upset about it. Cause I feel like I truly feel lost. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with what's going on with my, uh, gender fluidity mm-hmm. too. So it's like, I really feel lost. The, do you like through, through the gender fluidity, do you feel like one or the other, is more the re- like you or no. is it is it like this is this is me and uh like uh I choose what I want like where yeah. I want to be at different points in time um everyone who always asks me questions like that uh they always laugh when I answer but I always say I feel like a cloud of dust with eyes mm-hmm. like that's truly how I feel like and I like it yeah. I like it because I can have a little bit of everything. I can appeal to all audiences. Yeah. Like I, I posted a picture on Christmas and I never post pictures like this, but I was wearing like a tie and I had a beard and mm-hmm. I looked like a handsome man and it really shook everyone. And, um, I like being able to do that. I like being able yeah. to post pictures where I look like a woman. I like to do all of that. And, uh, I think it's cool that I can switch it up. Yeah. And See, when I, when I hear that, I think like, I immediately think of, I remember when I love the idea of when I have longer hair mm-hmm. and then I go to the barbershop and get it cut shorter yeah. and styled and mm-hmm. then I show up at work the next day. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, you look good. You got your hair cut. Yeah. And I feel like you can do that. Yeah. Like every other day. Yeah. It's crazy. And um, and it's, 
like I I love changing my look like that. Yeah. And that's like and that that seems like it's a very positive and fun piece of it. No, it is. Uh I really like cuz I I can experience so many different things but like now it's so accepted for boys and girls to be like this that it's mm-hmm. like um I don't really get a backlash for it and uh I have like I have extensions so if I the and it it happens at like weeks at a time too where there's some weeks where I just feel feminine for like two weeks at a time yeah. and uh I'll just I'll glue my extensions into my hair and wear mm-hmm. them and if I'm feeling like particularly uh masculine that day I'll just tie it in a bun and it yeah. just looks like a normal man bun. Yeah. And uh, I like it, too, because my haircut, mm. I feel like my haircut's long on the top and then short on the sides. And that can be, like, feminine in a way. Yeah. Or it can be uh, masculine, too. Excuse me. Gotcha. So, it, to wrap it all up, if you have, like, if you have, well, due to your success and your open your open and willingness to talk about like your gender gender fluidity and all that. If you had something that you could say to people that are kind of in that realm and that are kind of scared to come out or Mm. they just don't understand where they are. Like, what would you say to them? Um, sorry to put you on the spot. No, it's okay. Um, I always feel like, a lot of people come to me for that and they're in a rush to mm-hmm. find it out. Mm-hmm. I'm not in a rush. I mean, a lot of my friends question if they're trans or not. And yeah. I'm like, that's that's a long process yeah. for you to, to officially decide. Like That's a major deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going through that in my head for a little bit too. Yeah. And um, it's... I mean, I'm sure some of my trans friends can say it's something where you either know or you don't, but yeah. I feel like it's not that simple. Yeah. Um, and for gender fluidity, I know a lot of people are really confused by it when they feel that way. And it's like, honestly, I don't think you should let it confuse you. And I think you should just let it happen. Yeah. I, I say that a lot to people because I get questions like that a lot. Um, just let it happen. Because if you look at like the history of pop culture, it has never really been frowned upon for a guy to be a little feminine anyway. Yeah. Like poison and Motley Crue used mm-hmm. to look crazier than I do. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I actually asked that to my dad because in the time he grew up, he, they were so like not with that. And, uh, it just always blew my mind how he was fine with me being like this when I wrestle. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, like, wasn't it weird to you that, like, Motley Crue and all these people and Lori Chaco and all these people used to dress like that back in the day? And he's like, no, like, we just saw it as they were performers and they were making cool music. And yeah, so that, that was their that was their that was their style. Yeah. So I thought that was cool for my dad to say that. But I definitely just wouldn't get lost in the mix and like feel like you need to find yourself and just let it happen because it's going to yeah. to be comfortable with it. It's going to take years. Yeah. Awesome. Well, don't overlook the fact that you're an inspiration to people. That's a crazy feeling. It really is. And don't don't uh don't think that you're a small speck in the world because there's there are some like Sonny and a few a few others that are in the wrestling business, mm-hmm. but there's only one Jamie Cynical. <laughs> so, you have to appreciate that fact. Yeah. I, uh, 
I think it's so cool that there is a group of us. And I think the cool part about the group of us is even though some of us are still feminine, we're mm-hmm. all so different. Yeah. Like we're different aspects of feminine. Like uh, I'm more the punky, mm-hmm. uh, grunge, like harder feminine. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sunny is the more pop. Yeah. Eddie and Rick are the more like makeup beauty guru yeah. side. And I think that's so crazy because to me in the stereotype for a feminine gay person is just like instantly like hot pink dyed hair standing straight up and very, you yeah. know, just out there and like crazy fur and stuff. And I'm like, there's a lot of us. Yeah. And I think it's so cool. I think we each have a little flavor to add. And I think, I think it's cool because, um, legitimately I never thought I would have an impact on anybody. I just thought I was being myself. Yeah. And I do, I do truly get messages of people like videos of kids running the rope saying like, I'm doing this because of you, uh, there's this one wrestler who just started in Texas a couple months ago and he kind of, he kind of has an aesthetic, a little like Effie mm-hmm. and he messaged me and he said that I was literally one of the, I thought he was wrestling longer than me. And he told me yeah. I was one of the reasons why I started wrestling. And he was like, so surprised that I answered back. And that's a crazy feeling. Yeah. I never would have ever expected any of that. That's awesome. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, it's it's insane, especially because to me, I'm still just little pop punk, like crappy me. <laughs> yeah. So when I hear stuff like that, it just blows my mind. Like, how could you feel that way? I'm like, to me, I'm not even doing anything. I'm yeah. just being myself. You just, you're just trying to follow your dream. Yeah, it's never it's never been like a war with me to like be myself. I've always been open about who I was my yeah. whole life, and uh, the people I followed, I'm. Uh, I followed like the millionaires and Jeffrey Star and Daniel Hilton, which I actually just recently befriended Daniel, mm-hmm. and he wants to manage me. Nice. And I think that's crazy because because uh, I watched him and Jeffrey together because I used to tour on Warp Tour way back in yeah. the day, and uh, they were always so uh, un unapologetic about who they were, yeah. and they did not care at all, and that stuck with me because I watched it at such a young age. Yeah. And. Uh, I just, it, I don't care. Like, it's who I am. That's awesome. I appreciate you sitting down with me. Yeah, thank you. This is thank fun. Thank you. Keep, keep being you. Oh, I'm going to try my best. I promise. Right. <laughs> thank you, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tuesday's special podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a like on this video. And, um, and comment down below. Oh, yeah.